This is Thurman Hayes, pastor of First Baptist Church of Suffolk, Virginia. We want to welcome you to this message from our services at First Baptist. We're a congregation that is seeking to touch lives through the life-changing power of the gospel. I pray that you'll encounter Christ in His power and love even now as you listen. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for the example of those who have taken up their cross and, and followed you. We, we thank you for the example of those that we just saw who, who loved you more than they loved their own lives. Because as your word tells us, the steadfast love of the Lord is greater than life. And we are reminded by this video that for the gospel to reach the most difficult place, into the most difficult places, into the hardest places on this earth, that it requires enormous sacrifices. And we pray that you would work in our own lives by the power of your spirit that we would be willing to go, that we be willing to give. We pray, Father, that you would make us more like the shepherds that we're going to study this morning who took the good news and who believed it and who made it known. Make us faithful to do that, to make it known to the people around us and to go where you call us to go, sometimes to faraway places, maybe short-term, maybe long-term, and make us faithful to give to enable others to go to people that we can never go to ourselves, to places that we can never go to ourselves. And so we pray that you would work in our lives right now through the power of your spirit as we study your word and prepare us for our opportunity to give later on in the service. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we are beginning um, a new series. It's going to be a three-week series, Christmas series, and we're calling it Faces Around the Manger. So what we're going to do these few weeks is we are going to do some character studies of the faces that were gathered around the the manger that night. And we're going to start this morning with the shepherds. And to do that, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And we're going to look at verses 8 through 20 this morning. I'm going to be reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version. Let's look at Luke 2 and beginning with verse 8. If you would follow along in God's word with me. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. 
and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Have you ever had the experience of coming into the possession of big news, big information, and you knew that you were the first to hear this information? Well, news organizations live for moments like that. The problem is that when the news is on 24 hours a day, there's lots of airtime that has to be filled with something. And so the temptation is to run that big breaking news scrolling across the bottom of the screen, sometimes when there is no (laughs) breaking news. But on this night, in the fields outside of Bethlehem, there was the biggest breaking news that could possibly have been broken. And these shepherds are the first to hear it and the first to tell it. And so in a way, they're like the first missionaries. Let's look at their story and what what we can learn from it this morning. So what do we see here in this text? First of all, we see the revelation of God. God is revealing this news to these shepherds. So what do we see here in verse 8? Let's check it out. Verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. So the shepherds have been sort of romanticized in the Christmas story. You, you know, M- Melissa and I have raising three kids. So we've been to a lot of preschool Christmas plays and elementary school Christmas plays, and they are always great. And the shepherds are especially great because, you know, the little kids come in and they've got their bathrobes on and they've got a walking stick that they got from somebody and they've got their their head covering on like a modified pillowcase or something like that. And the parents are ooing and eyeing and the cameras are clicking um, but what, well, and that's awesome, but, but, but sometimes in our, we, we think of these guys as sort of being cute, because the kids are, are cute when they play the shepherds. At least we have a very positive view of the shepherds, right? We, because as believers, we know the story. 
And we know that it was an incredible honor for the shepherds to have this news revealed to them first. And so we have a positive view of shepherds, but what we need to understand is that in the first century, when the Gospel of Luke was written, in the first century, when Jesus was born, that was not so much the case with shepherds. Shepherds were, were guys who were very, very low on the totem pole of society. They, they did hard, dirty work, and they did it out, as outsiders. Their, their, the very nature of their work took, took them on the outside. They did their work outside the cities, outside the, the, the towns. Um, they, were, they were very, very humble. They, but the very nature of their work made it impossible for them to obey all of the religious ceremonial laws at the time. And so they were, they were guys who were kind of looked down upon, sort of outsiders. Now the fact that God chose to reveal the greatest breaking news ever to these guys, the shepherds, that says something. It says a great deal. And when you think about it, it makes sense because throughout his ministry, who was Jesus going to be especially reaching out to? People who were on the outside. People who were looked down upon. Women. Samaritans. Gentiles. Tax collectors. Prostitutes. People who were, for one reason or another, were sort of marginalized and looked upon as outsiders by other people. Jesus was, 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 was about reaching out to them. Is it any wonder that this news would be broken to shepherds? It makes sense. Even today, you know, we're, we're attracted. We tend as human beings to be attracted to the high and mighty. We tend to be attracted to celebrity. It, it, you know, who has the biggest social media followings, right? It's, it's celebrities, whether they're pop stars or, you know, sports stars or, or, or whatever. Like the, big, the, the most popular show on Netflix right now is not The Shepherds. It's The Crown, <laughs> We, we tend to be attracted to, to, to royalty. Yet the true king was all about the lowly. One of the passages that we're going to hear tonight in our scripture and song service comes from the Magnificat, Mary's song of praise. And, and, and one of the things that she says there is striking. Mary, as she praises God in Luke 152, says, He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. How, how ironic <laughs> that in Christian circles, Christian circles, that, that we would make celebrities out of, you know, uh, Christians. 
you know, that we be attracted to things like celebrity pastors and mega churches and celebrity Christian authors and conference speakers or, or whatever, that we would develop our own celebrity culture within Christendom. Let me tell you, the early Christians were nothing like that. That wasn't their system of values. Paul tells us about it in, in 1 Corinthians 1. He says, for consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. God doesn't need superstars to do his work. Daniel Darling says God is on the move, building his church around the world, mostly through people you will never hear of. Folks without significant Twitter followings, with no official titles, and of whom the world is not worthy. That's an apt description of missionaries. Let's check out verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Now, these guys were not only doing hard work, but they were doing it on a hard shift in the middle of the, of the night. <laughs> a couple of summers in, in college and Christmas vacation in college, I, I worked the, the graveyard shift from midnight to 7.30 driving a, a, a forklift. And one of the things in, that stands out in my memory of that job is the lights in these warehouses because you were coming in from the outside in the dead of night where things were so dark and then you'd go into this warehouse and the lights are just glaring. But these guys... They don't even have the lights that you can't even see. There's no lights from Jerusalem. There's no electric lights, nothing. They're out there in the middle. The only light's coming from the stars. It's dark. But then suddenly the Shekinah glory of God is shining and darkness just flies. We have the opportunity today as we give to send missionaries with the gospel around the world to push back darkness. That gospel, the, the, the darkness will fly. It will be extinguished wherever the light of Christ shines. And we get to be a part of that. Look at verses 10 and 11. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. To these lowly guys, God chooses to reveal the highest theology. All these titles of Christ are coming together in verse 11. He is Soter, Savior, Deliverer from our enemies. He is Christos. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah, the Anointed One. He is Kurios. He is Lord. He is Ruler of all. It's really interesting. Archaeologists have found an inscription 
that it was done for in honor of the Caesar, of Caesar Augustus, um, the emperor at this time. And on that inscription, it was, it was a celebration of his birthday. And he, of course, he gladly accepted worship from people. And it proclaimed him on the inscription as the world's savior and Lord. But the real savior and Lord, the real king, was not born in a palace. Look at verse 12. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now again, our view sometimes of the manger is colored by our nativity sets, which are beautiful. But a manger was a feed trough for animals. Jesus was born in a room where it was made for animals. He was born among the animals and he would die between two criminals. J.C. Ryle says, a lowly dwelling place and coarse food and a hard bed are not pleasing to flesh and blood, but they are the portion which the Lord Jesus himself willingly accepted from the day of his entrance into the world. When the love of money begins to creep over us, let us think of the manger at Bethlehem and of him who was laid in it. Verses 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. God gets the glory, we get the peace. Peace with God. Paul says in Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Christ, we can have the peace of God on a daily basis as we trust in him. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And one day when Christ comes again, there will truly be peace on earth. Isaiah 2, 4, he shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. There will be peace on earth. The revelation of God. Second, we see the reaction of the shepherds. How did these guys react when they heard this news, they are a model for us in how they reacted. First of all, they trusted. They believed. Verses 15 and 16. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. They believed. They trusted the religious elites would have been skeptical. The political elites would have been threatened. But these shepherds just simply believed. They trusted. Second, they told. 
they told. Verse 17 says, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. You see, God had made it known to them, and then they made it known to others. Exactly what we're called to do. To tell our friends about Jesus and to give to send others to go to people and places where we cannot go and tell. Let's look at verses 18 through 20. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. A couple of questions in light of this text. First of all, are you open to awe and wonder? It says all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. There was a sense of awe. There was a sense of wonder. You know, maybe God has slowed us down a bit more this holiday season to give us more of an opportunity to stop and reflect on the significance of this story and to allow ourselves to be awed afresh, to have a fresh sense of wonder at God's love. Another question, is Christ your treasure? Says Mary, treasured up all these things. Is Christ your treasure? And the way that we can know that has to do with our, our, our willingness to part with earthly treasures that others may know Christ. Before we leave this text, I want us to see something that a lot of times is overlooked in this text. I never quite saw it in this way until this week in studying this, but there, there, are, some, there are some biblical storylines that are just like all rushing together on this, in these fields outside of Bethlehem on this night. Think about King David. Luke in the story is very careful to, to point out that, that Jesus is a descendant of David and that this story is taking place in the city of David, which is Bethlehem. King David is the ancestor of Jesus to whom God had made a covenant. God made a covenant with David. He gave them, him this promise. One of your descendants is going to sit on your throne and it is going to be a forever throne. A forever throne. A forever kingdom. And David to whom that promise was made of the Messiah, grew up as what? A shepherd. And not only a shepherd, David grew up as a shepherd in these very fields outside of Bethlehem. And David would go on to write in Psalm 23, what? The Lord is my shepherd. And the baby who was being born on this night would grow up and he would say in John 10, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. 
And yet, Jesus, the good shepherd, is also a lamb. The lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now think about this. Bethlehem is just outside of Jerusalem. When you visit the shepherd's fields in Bethlehem, you don't even know that you're not in Jerusalem anymore. I mean, it's it's like right there. Think about it. Some of the very lambs that these shepherds are tending are more than likely destined to be offered as sacrifices in the temple. And yet, the lamb who would be the final sacrifice is being born on this night. This spring, when we study Isaiah 53, we're gonna see these words in verses six and seven. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. But after Jesus was raised from the dead and before he ascended into heaven, what did he tell us to do? Open your mouth. (laughs) Go and tell and send others to go and tell that disciples might be made where? Of all nations, of all peoples, every tribe and tongue. Let's, play a, let's pray right now about our role as we carry out the Great Commission. Father, we pray that you'd make us faithful. Make us faithful to the commission that our Lord Jesus has given us. His marching orders to us could not have been any clearer. It's to to make this good news about Jesus known to every people group on earth, to every tribe and tongue. Lord, make us faithful, make us loving, make us bold to talk to the people all, all around us, our, our families, our friends, the people that we work with, the people that we go to school with, because it begins right, right here in our, in our own everyday lives. But Lord, also make us faithful to give so that others can be sent to people that we will never be able to get to, the places that we will never be able to go. And we pray that you would make us faithful today in doing that very thing. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray, amen. I hope you've been blessed by this message. Christ is the answer for every need, now and for all eternity. As someone once said, Jesus plus nothing equals everything, and everything minus Jesus equals nothing. Have you trusted in Jesus as your savior? If not, why not now? His arms are open wide to receive you. It may help to pray a prayer like this. Father, I know that you are holy and that I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. 
I know that you are a righteous God who must punish sin, but I believe that your son Jesus took my punishment for me, died in my place, and rose from the dead so that I could have eternal life. Right now, I turn to Jesus and trust in his finished work for me. In his name I pray, amen. You know, the Bible says this in John 1:12: to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And that means that if you've received Christ, God has adopted you as his beloved child, his very own son or daughter. Just imagine it. Almighty God, the Lord of this universe, the one who possesses all authority in heaven and earth, is now your loving father, and you are his child. You say, I love him. How can I honor God with the rest of my life? Well, when you love someone, you want to spend time with him. We get to know God through his word, through prayer, and through his people. I would encourage you to pick up a copy of the Bible and begin to read it. Begin to pour out your heart to him in prayer. And find a church family where the Bible is preached, where Christ is exalted, and where his love is flowing. If you're local, I want to invite you to the church I pastor, First Baptist Church of Suffolk, Virginia. 